Disclaimer, the views of individual students here at Veterans Tribute do not reflect or represent the views of VTCTA as a whole. Here at Veterans Tribute, we encourage our students to think critically, have an open mind, and form their own opinions through research, experience, and respectful discourse. With that being said, I'm Eileen Ramirez, uh, an officer of Podcast Club, and we have a special guest here today, the one, the only, Mr. Lopez. Hey, thank you so much for having me here, guys. I appreciate it. This is... Dream come true, actually. <laughs> Dream come true. No, yes. it is. It's cool. I think it's, yeah, no, it's, I've heard about this club. I thought immediately, I was like, how do I become a part of this? Well, you know? thank you. Well, here you are. Yeah. Here I am. Here yes, yes. Your dreams have come true. Yes. Let me introduce everyone else. Okay. And then my favorite person ever, Miss. Oh, think that you're CC? Yes. <laughs> okay. Then we have the, one of the smartest people I know, Diana. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> then we have him, I guess. It's just Mr. Lou. Um, okay. Real quick, uh, she tells everyone that, uh, that's the smartest person she knows and yeah. that that's her favorite person in the world too. So it's not just you, CC, or oh. just you, Diana. I love everyone. <laughs> I can love everyone. CC, CC is in our metaphorical no. relationship. She's my wife. Anyways. Or the husband. You're not the husband. <laughs> um, then Leva. I'm not supposed to say your name, but I don't know how to introduce you. You are a mystery man. As sure. a I know how to. How? He got a 36. Yeah, on, on oh, I did not get a 36. <laughs> <laughs> it got really loud right now. Hold on. How do you adjust that? So you need I'm going to lie on the podcast say I got a 36 to everybody. 30, 33. I got a 33. Pretty much a 36. Hey, you know what? That is still incredibly impressive. So we have a bunch of intelligent people here. Um, yeah. What What was our advice question for today? The immigrants. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that sounds so bad. Wait. Um, what about the immigrants? So today, recovery for us. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I think I should shut up right now. Okay. Um... So basically our question for today or kind of our topic is all of us here are children of immigrants or like a couple generations, there's another mother country. Like most of us are Hispanic and then we have Mr. Lou who's representing. Asians in the house. Yes. Yeah. The, um, lone wolf, huh? <laughs> the lone wolf. <laughs> I'm a lone wolf in more ways than one. Yeah. So we're just kind of discussing um, what it's like to be the child of immigrants yeah. and how life is, you know, from different perspectives. And Can like, I start? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing's ever good enough. Oh, you're going am in I deep. Right or am I right? Am I right or am I right? Yes. You, yeah. you, you get an A, why not A plus, you know? That's yeah. like my mom getting mad at me for only getting a five on the AP test. Yeah. How could you? Actually, how could you disappoint yeah. your mom? Yeah, oh there was people at my house. I told her, and she was like, "I was like, oh yeah, I got a five. That means I'm like um, top ten in the nation for that specific subject." And she's like, "That's expected." You know, yeah. that's. I think that adds like brings up a really interesting topic. I don't have that experience. My parents could care less about couldn't care less about my grades, but there is still that expectation where, like, you should do your best. Like you, you. There's no option of not, like, if you want to take an untraditional, like, career path, that's not an option. Like, that's not yeah. security. That's not what we came here for. Like, you, there's a purpose for your being here, and, you know, you should follow through with that. I think there is a difference, though, between first generation and second generation. Um, my parents, they could care less about my grades as well. Um, since, like, I was little, I've always had to do things in by myself and figure things out yeah. the whole system just how do I do this how do I do that right because my parents don't know right they mm -hmm. never have experience mm -hmm. like living here for a while like they, they don't understand how things work and so you know it's like I'm out here filling out like medical papers when I'm like six years old <laughs> and that's like it's a struggle it is <clears throat> and I don't know my parents did it they could carry care less you know and a lot of my um, uncles and aunts, like, they're far worse. They're, like, telling their kids, like, yeah, you guys are not going to, like, go to college. You're just going to have to work construction with me. Yeah. That's, like, kind of, like, almost the expectation because mm -hmm. they don't really expect too much from you. Mm -hmm. So I do think there is a, that, that difference between first and, and second generation. Mm -hmm. So And you're first yeah. generation, right? I'm first generation. Yeah. You're second, right? No, I'm one and a half. One, one and, and a half. half. Yeah. It's, 
a mix. Yeah, my dad doesn't really care as much. Um, so that's where I'm second generation. But my mom, she cares so much about my grades. And I'm like, hmm. And I think it's more so about, like, one commonality that I see with most kids who have immigrant parents. They're like, I came to this country to provide a better life for you. So take advantage. You better get those good grades because I struggled to make you good. That's that's the guilt they hang over you? Yeah. That's the guilt it's that like even... The anvil. I'm 40 now. And, I, and every life choice that I make, I hear mom and dad. And I'm like, am I going to upset them? Am I going to disappoint them? And it's an ongoing thing. It never goes away. And they always bring it up. Like, I came to this country, and this is how you repay me? Yeah. By getting a B? I'm like, oh my gosh. My mom yeah. takes my report card, and she looks, look at how beautiful this is, and then, like, my one B. Mm. Yeah, it'd be so much more. Mm. So didn't you also say that you had an older brother? I do have an older brother and a younger sister. Yeah, and we all really? have, have uh, yeah, like, so the funny thing is, is that, like, when I was growing up, I thought we were so different as siblings, but the older that I get, the more I realize that we have the same trauma, but it all acts out in different ways. Yeah. And so I see it with other siblings too, like my wife and her sister, they they had the same trauma, you know, grew, grew up around the same kind of you know thing, but how they act is so polar opposite, but the root is from the same thing. Mm -hmm. They just branched out in a different way about it, you know? Yeah. And so it's very interesting. What was your experience, Mr. Lopez? Well, I mean, my parents were born in America, but their parents are from Mexico. Mm -hmm. So, Mexico. yeah. America. So, I mean, America. it was very like, so I'm the first one in my family to graduate from college and then like to do like, like the first one to move out, right? Mm -hmm. All that stuff first, because I have siblings. So, like, they didn't really have that much expectations for me because my older brother was, like, really smart, really book smart, but he suffers from, like, mental illness, can't really go into. He, he kind of, like, um, is not all there anymore. So, a lot of pressure was put on me, like, in my 20s to, like, do something with my life. Mm -hmm. So, um, I kind of got lucky, though. They didn't really put too much pressure on me, only until... Uh, probably, probably a little bit at like after high school, I would say, but it wasn't, they always left me alone. My grandparents though, uh, none of them graduated from college or anything or let alone high school. That's the crazy thing. Education wasn't really like put into like, there was no emphasis on that. So when I was finally able to graduate college, it was just very, you know, um, like, oh, okay, I did something, you know. But I agree with you guys. Like, the expectations of things can make or break you, you know. <laughs> and that's crazy. You're filling out forms at six years old. Yeah, like, yeah you know, no. I can't believe that. You know? And I don't know. I just, like, I sometimes struggle with, like, asking people for help. And my parents are always telling me. <laughs> I do, me, too. Yeah. yeah, my yeah. parents are always telling me, like, no, you need to ask for help. Like, if you don't know how to do something, just ask. But for me, it's, like, like I've been able to be able to do all of these things by myself. I, I can do it. I can figure it out by myself. And I, I don't know, just asking for help, it makes me feel, I guess, a little bit vulnerable. And vulnerable, I, I feel yeah. like I'm not, like I know that I'm capable of doing these things, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's just so weird for me. I sometimes, can't get myself to ask for help. Sometimes I feel the same. It's just that when like, asking for help, I feel like people have like higher expectations of me. Mm -hmm. Or like if I ask them something, they're going to like, judge me for some reason yeah. i don't know yeah. my parents like i kind of like relate with what mr lopez said my parents like left me alone for like the longest like throughout growing up like even though i did well in school like they kind of just let me alone they didn't really like push me to do anything i feel like i kind of just like expected it of myself like i don't know it was, yeah. just, it was a weird thing like if i would just yeah. do it if anything yeah. i put pressure on myself so mm -hmm. like a lot and you know yeah. what i think that's kind of like ironic like your parents at least my parents especially with my dad i think they left us to be so independent so independent like throughout our lives and we just kind of got used to like this sense of oh we're gonna do things and we're gonna if we're gonna do things you know we're gonna do them the way we can you know in the way we have to and so now i especially like when i started driving um i see that my parents are pushing for more control over me because they realize like oh like sh I'll take their opinions and they value their opinions value a lot. I like I value their opinions a lot. 
But at the end of the day, I'm making the decisions for my life. So that sense of independence that I had growing up, you know, like I had to fill out the forms. Translate. <laughs> yeah. Like you were literally a translator. And so like now that um, I'm actually growing up and I'm actually like driving and taking myself to places and buying my own things, um, I think they feel like they're losing mm -hmm. that control that they're used to having because in a lot of, uh, especially Mexican households, immigrant households, there's a strong emphasis on family. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, a lot of the things that I see, like, my um, my dad's side of the family all lives in, like, Victorville. And, like, almost everyone there, like, kind of, like, my grandma lived there. And they all, like, kind of just always go around the house every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Like, they help out with their mom and everything. And that's it's a lot of pressure on family. Like you said, like, you're expected to kind of stay after, like, like leaving the town or anything. Like, that isn't accepted. Yeah. Like, yeah. going out, yeah. no. You're supposed to stay and, like, help out with family. And if you're... Thinking about leaving, like that's just yeah, not tell, okay. Tell me if this is uh, the same in your guys' culture, but <clears throat> you're like expected to, to live with your parents, yeah. even when you're married, and then when they get older, like they move in with you. Yeah, there's no yeah. Asian family that I know of that would send their parents to like a retirement home. Mm -hmm. It's like the eldest no, son always, yeah, yeah, like they always like we take yeah. care of our parents. It's very strange. Yeah, no ifs, ands, and buts, you know. So my parents like to say that's something that our culture doesn't do, like. That's not, that's not us. That's, she, she's like, they're like, mm -mm, no, you got to take care of your parents. You got to take care of your family. Um, which I think is weird because we live completely far from our family, but like, it's still very important in our culture and like in our household to take care of one another. Also, yeah. one thing I wanted to talk about once you guys started tapping into family is we've got a pretty good mix of, um, different genders here, you know? Um, what do you guys think about machismo in your own house? Wait, Ooh. hold on. Before before we move That's on to that, yeah. I just wanted to talk like talk about how like that whole like feeling of control yeah. over your parents. Like you know, I one time told my parents like, oh, you know, I don't think I want to stay here for college. Like I might go somewhere else, and they made me feel so guilty. They were like, how dare you leave us? How dare you? Who's gonna take care of all of these things and this and that? And I was like, I, I literally was in tears because I was like thinking like, oh my God, like my parents have done so much for me. How dare, like how can I leave them? And they made me feel all this guilt. And I was like, well, you know, and because of that, I'm so scared to like get out of like, you know, my comfort zone and try living my life. I, I feel like my life hasn't really started. I still feel like I'm in this like- No, your thing. life is barely not even beginning, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. But you feeling that pressure is very, um, expected i feel like mm -hmm. you know i kind of felt that pressure too at times you know where i don't know like because i moved out when i was like 18 19 oh wow that's yeah pretty. i had to yes i left and then like i always felt not bad but like i don't know like it was very non-traditional yeah it was very non-traditional mm -hmm. but you're second generation though right yeah so, so your parents were like they i'm sure they understand the the yeah. desire to the move desire out. yeah they understood yeah. they understood that pretty well so yeah the way i moved that was so uh not the right way to do it <laughs> um <laughs> oh, yeah because yeah, like my parents expected us to stay with them until we got married right and so i was dating this girl and i was 20 <laughs> and she was like hey let's go out tonight and I'm like, I can't. She's like, why? It's 8.30 p.m. I'm in college, right? And so I'm yeah. like, my parents won't let me. And, she, and, 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 then, and then she's like, babe, you are 20 years old. What? Like, you are 20 yeah, years old. Yeah, so I explained the whole Asian culture thing. And then she, and then she was like, you got to move out. And so I was like, hmm, she's right. <laughs> I, I got to move out. And so, um, of course, I can't ask for that permission because I know that they're going to say no. So the way I did it was not... The, like is, I'm not a good role model, so I'm not encouraging you guys to do this out, you know, for the listeners out there. But the, the way I did, <laughs> I found a roommates that needed a roommates, or I found a friend that needed a roommate. Um, I signed the lease and everything. Oh, I, I busted Crazy. my butt over the summer to like get as much money as I could. Um, bought off my, paid off my car, and then packed all my things one summer morning in my car and drove to my mom's shop. And she looks up the window. And sees my my twin size mattress in there, and she's like, "Why is your bed?" And then I think it hit her. Like she put two and two together and was like, and then she started crying. Oh. And then I started crying because like you know the guilt and it's like mom's crying. And then she's like, "Come home, talk to your dad." And my dad blew up and like said, 
give me your keys. Like you're not welcome back at this home anymore. And so I've, so I felt horrible, but the, the payoff was that I felt freedom for the first mm -hmm. time. And like, I, I don't regret doing it. Um, cause you, that, huh? or is like, are you okay now with your parents? Uh, so I'm still living with them. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 I'm, I'm, like, things are fine. I'm, I'm much older. They finally accepted that I am the way that I am. Uh, I am the first one to be born in America of my of my siblings too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you, and, do you think that was like a necessary shock they had to feel? Yeah, because my my brother like holds this resentment towards them because he got accepted to a very good school, but he he would have to have left the house. And my parents guilted him to staying because they're like, who's going to take care of me and my younger sister? And so when he looks back on his life, he's like, man, I got into a really good school, but I had to, you know, Stay. yeah, like, like he went to the, to Richmond's version of UNLV, like, mm. you know, commuting to school. And like, he always kind of holds that resentment against my parents, you know, but he was too scared to make the jump. I've always been the black sheep. I'm like, man, I've got to, I've got to go now because like my parents wouldn't let me, their rule was. I couldn't date anyone until my sophomore year in college. That's a what? long time. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like, yeah. that's, you have to be at least what, 20? 20, right? right? Yeah, sophomore, yes, 19, 20. 19. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Sophomore wait. year, sophomore I know, year. I know, no, no, I know, I know that, but like, you say that, like, when did, when did your parents start allowing you to date? Because mine said like well, 15. Oh, okay. Well, I, they didn't really have a rule. I mean, wow. yeah. it wasn't a topic Never. discussed. My parents just don't get away. They don't talk about it. Yeah, I, they just. There's no. There's no rule. I just showed up one day and I had like a girlfriend with me, but I was like, I don't know, like <laughs> I was a kid. Up. I was like a kid. I don't know. That was How old were you when you had your first girlfriend? My first girlfriend, like official girlfriend, I had to have been like. At least eleven. Oh, <laughs> or Mr. Lopez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, like eleven years old. He's like, like eleven, and he's already you know, got like a ton of girls. <laughs> I think that leads us to the topic of machismo. Now. There we go. Okay, play yeah, play machismo. Play oh, yeah. also for um, those who don't understand Spanish or didn't grow up in Hispanic households, quick it's definition. Male toxicity. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So there's like um. Uh, yeah, just male toxicity. It's basically. um, it's it's just a patriarchy. It's it's about. literally everything in the Hispanic Mexican culture. Like, give me some examples because like Asian culture is everything. very very patriarchal too. Yeah, but give me some examples like, of like what's expected of a man. Oh, uh, you never try. Like that's something I grew up with. Like as a boy in the house because yeah. I grew up with two other brothers, um, and my older brother and I uh, never try. Yeah, and at least not in front of our parents. Yeah, and if we did. Like, my dad was very, like, why are you crying? Yeah. I've never, like, like, I see other families and, like, American families, and they'd, like, the dad would be, like, embracing the son. Right. Be, like, it's okay to cry. Yeah. My dad yeah. never said it's okay to cry. Yeah. So you grow up, grow up thinking like that, yeah. and someone cries, and then you're like, why are you crying? You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. So emotionally, I was very, like, inept. Yeah. For Same. the longest time. Same. Like, until, like, my 20s, I think. <laughs> so, Yeah. So we can say fire real, real quick, guys. Uh, a little, little crying quick. session. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, yeah. like um, same in, in Asian culture. Like, I've seen my dad cry twice now, but in his 60s. Because I, cause I kept, like, questioning him about his life and, like, what he did and all that stuff. And finally, he broke down. But up until then, never saw him cry. Yeah. For me, like, uh, whenever I was, like, emotionally upset, Never had a never had a consoling hug. Never uh, even had a hug when he was happy. Yeah. Never had never heard a good job. Never. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah. yeah. I just heard a good job when I graduated college, yeah. and I was like, I was like, what, what do you mean good job? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? We're proud of you, Mr. Lopez. Oh, We're proud you. of you, Mr. Thank Lou. You. So like, yeah, you just grow up thinking like that, and it's and it's everything in the Hispanic Mexican culture. Like yeah. machismo is like even like how like women are treated. It's like super like nowadays you look at it and you're like, oh, that's uh, like. Very sexist. Double standard. Yeah, so, double standard and misogynistic. And you're just like, oh, like it's very different. It wasn't until I actually had a like an American girlfriend, like a white girlfriend. She pointed all these things out mm. and was just like, this is this is not good. You know what I mean? Right. I'd be like, hey, what do I know? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't know these things. So, well, yeah. quick question: When's the last time you, that you cried? Uh, oh, that's a great question. I was asked that in the teacher's lounge the other day. Ooh, oh, yes. oh. Who asked you this question? Um, I forgot. Nosey, I was there. Uh, how did that come up? <laughs> we were talking so, about something. Last time you cried? We were talking about something, some subject about crying. And I, 
I forgot actually, but then I just remembered after they asked me, and it was during ET. I I rewatched nineteen eighty. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched ET. They re-released ET and IMAX like two months ago oh, okay. in August, mm. and I actually started to cry because it's such a sad moving movie. <laughs> like it's so like like I don't know. Even as I got older, because like I'm pretty old now. How old? How old is old? Like. I don't reveal my age around the children. I keep it a mystery. I keep it a mystery. She's 28. I'm past 25. Let's put it that way. But as I get older, like that movie, and I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, but that movie resonates with me so much now. I don't know why. Because it's like childhood, and then it's also about like a divorced family, and and the coming apart of a family. And it's about a boy trying to find connection with this alien who doesn't have friends. So... Dang. I cried during that movie just because I related to it so much. Let me ask you this question. So, yeah. so, you, so you were a film studies major, right? In college? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So me coming from a similar background, uh-huh. like no crying, right? I mean, like my dad never said don't cry, but it was just yeah. like, like uh, unspoken The questioning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, now that I'm older, I feel like I'm so repressed emotionally <laughs> that- Oh, repressed. Yeah. He's saying this with a smile on that, his face. That, that um, I look forward to tear-jerker movies- so that I can cry because it's very cathartic. Yes. Do yeah, you do the same yeah. thing? Um, do you see? Like, I avoid it still. Oh, do you avoid? It? I and it comes out of nowhere, and I cry more watching movies now than ever. Yeah. Like back when I was like, it's okay, we got time. <laughs> but back when I was, back when I was like your guys's age, I could see anything, any type of movie, stone-faced. and I'd be stone faced, right? And I and I'd have it together, right? But as I've gotten older, like I can watch anything. Like, I saw this, like, noir movie from, like, the 50s, and it ends with, like, one of the main characters literally falling off the wa- like, a waterfall to their death. And it cut to another character crying. And I actually started crying. I was like, I don't, know why, I don't even know why I'm crying. Right? But, yeah, it's just weird. I, you know, repressed, though, that's a little worrying. I mean, not, not, I mean not, okay, okay. Like, they're digging too deep into it. Like, yeah, basically, yeah. It's, it's like, I've learned to just... Like I'm, I'm using quotation marks. Man up, you know, like, like it's not a big deal. I got this. I've been through this before. That's machismo. That's like a big part about it. It's like you're a man. That was my nickname in high school, machismo. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for me, I feel like I don't know. Like, like it's weird. Maybe it's a little bit of being dead inside too. (laughs) Like, like I've been through enough heartbreak. Where I'm like, heartbreak, heartbreak will harden you. Yeah, but it, to a certain degree, exactly. because heartbreak is like everything. I just saw this movie. I just saw this movie called Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Right, it just came out of the movie theater, and the, one of the main characters is played by Christian Bale. Yeah. and Christian Bale says like, um, you you get to know people, you might fall in love with them, you might get to know them so well, and then one day they're going to break your heart, mm-hmm. right? But then he says that's the point of life, though, right? It's like heartbreak. So heartbreak can either like harden you. I feel like because I've gone through the same thing. Like heartbreak will like destroy you, right? It makes you build walls up more. Build and more. walls Every up. Every yeah. heartbreak, a thicker wall pops up until you feel exactly. nothing, which is where I'm at. So, oh, oh. No. <laughs> so, like, so guys, that's... don't fall in love because you will get heartbroken. <laughs> no, 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 this no. completely contradicts what I said. Always fall in love. I always said it's always joking, fall. Joking. Yeah, he's, he's joking. He's joking. Yeah. We have two. I'm like, sure he loves his wife very much. I hope she's listening yeah. to this right now. <laughs> You're terrible. Shout out to. Mrs. Lou. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't we have, really love anymore. <laughs> we have the angel and the devil, like, never fall in love. Always no, fall in love. No, I always say, take a chance, fall in love. But Aww. yes, if you if you, if you you have heartbreak so much, you can either go both ways. You can go, like, hardened, have walls up, or you can actually start to embrace things more, which I feel like this is the route I've gone, where it's just like, I'm so open to so many things now than I was, like, in my younger years. Let me you know. let me talk to you when you're 40, when you're my age, and see how how so open hearted. But yeah. you know that that saying, I feel like it's true. Like like um, <clears throat> dance like no one's watching, love like you've never been hurt. Exactly. That's the hard part. Like That's like every very hard. every yeah. subsequent like or every like after every heartbreak. I felt like I was more guarded each time. I feel like that's just a human thing, though. That's what yeah, humans yeah. are meant to do. From but if time. you're not vulnerable in life or with people you care about, yeah. and then so, what's the point of living? You know? I, know. I know so many people who are not vulnerable. Cash that, money, baby. No, yeah. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. Joking. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an art teacher. I don't care about that. Anyways. And I'm a teacher. He's like, I'm an art teacher. I definitely don't care about emotions at all. 
Yeah, if you're not vulnerable, then like, what's the point of life? I feel like you know. And, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. I Being vulnerable, I feel like it's such a um, important thing for people to be, but I feel like they're afraid to show vulnerability yeah. because they are because they think being vulnerable means being weak. Yeah. It's weird in American society, like even the world, like we have this uh, pre like conceived notion of like you know kindness is weakness, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's like one of the worst things you could have. I right. feel like you know because it's like if because kindness is so important as I've learned. Yeah. Like I used to be really not mean mean, but I used to be very like judgmental, very guarded, very rude to to some people sometimes, and just. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think part of it is too, sometimes you gotta like, you wanna like not hurt other people before they hurt you, but like just kinda like, just take your insecurities out of them. I guess we've always known that, but like, just because like- Yeah, you project. Hurt, yeah. You project your ideas on other people and stuff. Yeah, especially when you're a teenager and in your early 20s. Because you grew up in a household, right? And then once you leave your household, you start to take your childhood out on people. You know, you start to project yeah, yeah, your right ideas down. of what the world should be. and. And then, like, hopefully through your 20s and maybe early 30s, you start to get out of that phase, you know, so, and just become more open-minded to other people's experiences. Yeah, like, um, like I was telling a, a student recently, I, I think she's a sophomore, but <clears throat> she was saying that she knows everything already, and, and, and I told her <laughs> no. that, that I related she to does. that, because when you're younger, you think you know everything, you think you know everything. but then as yeah. you experience life, you're put into other situations where you realize there's so much gray area, because like, yeah. like, when I was a senior, I felt like I, I knew it all. You know, like I had everything figured out. Yeah. And then as life went on, yeah. The creator, God, whoever it is, yeah. throws things at you, and you're like, huh, exactly. I didn't think I would re react that way. Exactly. I, you know, yeah. And so it's a very interesting thing. Like the older that you get, the more that you realize you don't know anything. 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 Know anything. And it sounds so cliche, yeah. but it's no. true. Yeah. And then, like said, Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched, punched in the, the face, face yeah. right? Oh. Yeah. It's so true. You go out in life and you think this is going to happen and that's going to mm. happen. None of that happens, and then something else happens, or like you're like, I'm never gonna fall in love, and then you meet somebody, and they blow your mind, and you're like, and then you're married to them, right? And then it's just like, what the heck is this? Yeah. I think well, Mr. Lopez is in love. No, no, he's I'm talking, not. He's no. talking like so heartfelt about it. Like, oh, that's crazy. No, he already no. feels so much love for this person. No, I, yeah. I am walled off completely. I'm dead inside. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's, that's the the, uh, the machismo talking. Yeah, no, it's the alpha male, you know, the real, mindset. The it's the same stuff. It's the same like, thing. I think that kind of brings up the topic. Like in Latin households, like I feel like relationships and love is expressed in such a toxic way. Like I don't know if that's just maybe a me thing, um, because I know it, the immigrant experience is very different from for everyone. But for me, it's kind of like I've been taught especially by my dad that love is love is uh something that you feel guilty for it's the way you express love is through through guilt like you give me an example yeah. like for example um like i'll do something like uh my dad will fix my car and now i owe him something because i'm grateful for what oh, he did is that a cultural thing or is that just a cc oh, yeah. no, no, do not feel bad do not feel bad do sure. not feel bad because i actually dealt with I dealt with what you've gone through with my parents, and I and that actually forced me to become more walled off. Every time, like when I when I was growing up, I would do something for them, or maybe they would bring something back from like something that happened and yeah. throw it in my face. Yeah. Everybody in my family does that actually, and I and growing up that kind of forced me to like become walled off mm -hmm. and guarded. It wasn't until like I started to like become more comfortable with myself and more sturdy emotionally that I was like, okay, that's just what they do. They do that. Mm -hmm. That's their thing. That's not my thing. I don't do that to people. You know, you got to sort of like figure out what it's, you value first. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And Maybe it isn't a reflection it on you. It's just a reflection on them. Okay. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I kind of think. You know what I mean? See, so when people do things against me, it's like you know, like. Maybe it's just them, how they were raised. Like As a teacher, Mr. Lou, you probably deal with that every day with students. Sometimes they come in in a rotten mood or something, and they say something, they have a snarky attitude, yeah, and then you go like, what the heck did I do? You right, know what I mean? Right. But they, they came in, maybe like their boyfriend broke up with them or girlfriend or yeah, something. Exactly. You but you know, know, go back to what you were saying, CC. Like, I feel like that's just a branch. No, no. It's just a, a branch of what I was saying earlier. Like, like when your parents are immigrants, they go back to the whole... We came to this country yeah, for you, yeah. exactly. you know, and so you need to repay us by doing this. You need to repay us by following what we're saying to you because we know, you know, and so it's the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but like 
I think you brought the car thing, which is why I, 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 I was taken aback by it. Yeah, but... it was just an example. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was just an example. Just an example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, um, like, have you guys seen your parents? Because like with immigrant parents or with mine, you know, um, they would never verbally like express or say things like "I love you." Yes. They would never hug us. They would never kiss us. Mm-hmm. But they would do things. When I look back on it now, I'm like, dang, that's that's love. Like. My mom used to um, take us out on, on Friday nights for fast food, right? Mm-hmm. So we would get KFC sometimes. And um, I didn't realize this at the time, but she would always like give us the, the best pieces and we'd eat it. And then we like there'd be bones left, right? And she would just gnaw on the bones. And then yeah. we'd ask her mom, like, why won't like eat the good meat? She's like, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah. And like what I realized now was like, maybe cause like we weren't that well off at the time. And so she just wants us to have the best things yeah. and she just, She's fine with just gnawing mm-hmm. the bones, and so when I think about it, now now I want to cry, guys. So yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah, that's like that's a, like a form, deep love. That's though, a deep you know? form yeah, yeah. love where the kids eat first, right? You know right. I mean? And the children are taken first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Very I think like as like immigrants, they live in kind of like this idea of like a survival instinct. I talked to my mom about this, how um, like I'm trying to move past this. Like uh, I'll talk to her, and she won't she won't listen, and because she she doesn't see like the genuine value in it because it's not like something necessary to survive and i'm asking her like i'm trying to get her to move past this like instinct where like oh um if it's not important to your survival then you shouldn't do it like it's we should now that we're in this country you know you you made that sacrifice for us allow us to move past this mindset and grow into something where we could have abundance and not just like the basic necessities. Yeah, that's the thing that I find hard to get my parents to understand because, you know, how they were brought up, they were going through the Vietnam War. Yeah. They were part yeah. of the boat people. Yeah. They, they like, saw people get thrown off the boat because, yeah. you know, and so they come to America, they raise me in America, and they think I'm soft. It's like, what do you have to cry about? Like, what do you have to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saw yeah. our friends die from starvation. Yeah, exactly. And so They always try to remind you what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, right. And so and so when they so coming from a poor country, coming to America with nothing in their wallets, they were sponsored by a church, by the way. And so, um, like, their values is solely survival, make money, raise our kids so that they have opportunities, right? That's, that's like, their, their M.O., for me, being born in America, where they made some money, like I, I grew up in in middle class suburbia, you know, and so I feel like my values are not survival. It's more internal now. It's more like, who am I? What makes me happy? What's the yeah. meaning of life? And, and I feel like this is a, a very common thing that immigrant children go through when their parents come from a, a poor country, and then you know they have more opportunities here, being born here, right? So the struggle isn't okay. How how can I feed? My parents talking. I feed my siblings. It's more like, what makes me happy? Like, what is happiness? That that kind of stuff, you know. And yeah. I feel like that's a very common thing that I've seen with immigrants' uh, children, there's, or, or oh, children, yeah. children of immigrants. Oh. I mean, I was just about to say, there's actually a very famous quote. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it's about like, I study war and strategy so that my son can study um, medicine and mm-hmm. mathematics, yeah. and then so his son. Uh, so his son can study the arts and music. It's um I don't think immigrant parents really get that. It's like That's an interesting quote. Yeah. You sacrificed so much and I understand you sacrificed so much, but you think about what you sacrificed it for. You didn't sacrifice it so I can struggle as well. You sacrificed it so I can be happy. Right. But they don't understand that your happiness and their happiness is something different. Yeah, right. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that conflict is almost like inevitable though. Like, because they were, like, raised in such an environment, and that's how their mindset is. They're just so drilled on the idea that you can't really blame mm-hmm. them. Like, yeah. you can kind of, like, you can criticize the way they act, but it's hard to blame them when they've been raised yeah. like that. And they, yeah. That's what they had exactly. to do to survive. Like, yeah. they're here for a reason. They did that to survive. And so, like, that's just how their brain is hardwired right now. And so that's why I think as you grow up, like, have you, you don't have as much animosity towards your parents anymore. Like, no, hatred. no. Like, you can yeah. just realize, you know, like, right, that's what right. they were doing. Like, yeah, yeah. that's just how they are. Uh, I mean, like, like, the way, so based on the values that my parents have, like they they gauge success by your financial wealth right and so the way they saw it their plan was okay we're going to raise our kids in america a land that has more opportunity so they therefore they should make more money than me right and so when i chose to be an artist first they were like what are you doing you're going to be a starving artist i'm like 
it doesn't matter as long as I've, I'm as long as I'm happy dad you don't get it you know <laughs> um, and then you know from there I went to be an art teacher and so my dad, even to this day, is like, hey, have you thought about going back to, to nursing school? It makes more money. I'm like, dad, hey, I, I love nursing school. No, no, my, my, oh, my, my, brother, my, my, my brother went back to school to be a nurse, right? And so he's, he's trying to convince me, like, hey, maybe you should do this instead, you know? But I tell my dad, like, I'm like, but dad, I love my job. I, I, that's what I care more about. And then he's like, you don't need to love your job. You just need to make money. I'm like, <laughs> you don't get it, dad. But it goes back to the value thing, like, because of his values. And, and what you were saying earlier, like, it's a projection. He projects it to other people, to his children, right? And yeah. so for me, like, I, I, don't, I don't value financial success as being the, the marker for what is a good yeah. life. For me, it's like, am I impact? Like, am, am I making a positive impact? Am I fulfilling my own cup? Like, because like, I feel like every human being, whether you know it now, for the younger listeners out there, we all have some sort of void, some sort of hole that needs to be filled, right? And sometimes you're fortunate enough to know what fills that cup, what fills that hole. For me, like at this age, my, my values now is servitude. Like I've lived my life, I've, I've done my, my crazy adventures. Now I've got a bunch of life lessons that I have in my head, I'm good at art. And so now when I teach, you know, the best part is having these conversations with you guys, these off topic conversations, you know, to, to give back, to share my knowledge, you know? And so, um, but my parents don't get that. Like they, they didn't live a very, I mean, they had their crazy experiences, but from their twenties to now is it's just money, 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 make money, make yeah. money, work every day, work seven days a week, vacations don't need it. We need more money. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we never, like we barely ever had a family vacation. If we did, it was for like, you know, to see family, but it was never <laughs> yeah. like a Disneyland trip, you know, it was just like work, work, work seven days a week. And then, which brings me to my, to my other thought now that I just said that. How many of you guys were latchkey kids where your parents were at work? Oh, you're yeah. like a seven-year-old oh, kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. home alone, like cooking stuff oh, for yourself. Yeah. Like that's a, you know, a weird immigrant. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the best part. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So there was going to be a brief pause in the audio because Mr. Lopez did have to leave, but he might be back for a second episode. Um, and we're going to start right where we left off. So, Mr. Lou, you were going to talk about latchkey kids? Oh, yeah. I was just talking about how, um, like, based on my family and based on my friends that had immigrant parents, we were all latchkey kids. Um, <clears throat> we'd come home, no parents around till like, 7 p.m. We prepared everything. We did all the chores. We cooked for ourselves at an age where it's probably not safe. You know, like a seven-year-old, like, frying their own eggs and cooking their – yeah, like um, – but I'm guessing that's in the Hispanic culture is very similar. Yeah. Especially for the females. Did you ever have to cook? No. I have, like, a different experience compared to all you guys because my mom's white but my dad's Mexican. Mm. And they were never together. So, like, they broke up before I was even born. Divorce kid? Yeah. Not even divorced. They were just dating. They were, oh, <laughs> they were just yeah. dating, oh, okay. yeah. Wait. And so, like, my mom – like, I kind of get, like, half the experience, like – my mom is kind of like the very much like mental health, like, oh, like caring. And then my dad's like super hard headed, like, like, and it's kind of like such a weird experience getting both of that. Like my dad, my mom teaching me to be super emotional yeah. and like trying to give me an expression feeling that my dad like completely shutting me out. Right. I feel like it's just made me like super emotional, but like I just can't express it. Like it's so weird. But like, yeah, I never had that latchkey thing because I, I was with my mom and my mom's deaf. Oh. So she doesn't really work. Yeah. So she was always like there growing up. But so, yeah. 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 Latchkey kids, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I was left to take care of like my brother and my sister because my sister loved her to death. She's two years older than me, by the way. Um, but girl does not have common sense. Um, I'm like the mama bear, even though I'm the middle child. So I learned how I cook for them even now. Like if I go to my sister's house, I'll be like, okay, so I'll bring Xavier, which is my little brother, and I'll take care of them both. And then I'll take care of anyone else that needs taken care of. I'll cook, I'll clean, I'll make sure everyone's in bed. I'll make sure everyone's showered and not stinky. So yeah, I think um, latchkey kids or just immigrant kids have to do a lot of maturing before they're ready, like filling out documents. Like we, we really don't need to know what that is until we're ready to fill it out for ourselves or we can, mm -hmm. you know, higher comprehension know. level. Like, for me, like, I sometimes bring it up to my dad and I'm like, well, because, like, my brother, like, he's not really expected as much. Like, when my mom needs help, like, filling out, like, something on her email or, you know, she always comes up to me. And I sometimes get, like, a little bit annoyed with it because I'm, like, I'm busy with school and stuff. Yeah. 
And then she, she's like, no, like, you have to do it. Like, your brother can't do it. Like, he can't do anything. But I'm like, what do you mean? He can. He can. Yeah. He is as capable as I am. But my mom's like, no, 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 no. You mm -hmm. have to be the one doing it. But I'm like, and I, and I bring that up as a complaint to my parents. But my dad is like, no, you should actually be happy that you're in this situation because you've learned how to be more independent for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's true. But still, like, I don't. I, I just, 16. Yeah, but I still feel like, you know, some of that responsibility should be shared with my parent, uh, with my brother because it's like, yeah. why is he not doing any of this stuff that I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. That's how we talk about my sister. Literally, it's just like, you can't trust you can't trust her to do that. She got lost in like Allegiant or something, like Stadium. And uh, sorry, I have, I love my sister to death, but sometimes, God. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I think like in different perspectives, like um, for example, I am very much not into the the labor of you know moving bricks and oh. doing all that stuff physical labor i'm not into labor i'm not and my brother is like actually buff he's From super strong labor. yeah <laughs> and so i think i feel really bad because um you know while i'll do like certain things i think that um my mom has depended more on my brother to do like physical labor stuff and, and things that she wants done around the house um, that aren't like chores and stuff. And so I feel kind of bad because like, well, he he shouldn't have to bear all the weight, but then again, I don't want to do it. Machismo. <laughs> <laughs> it machismo, is, right? it is. And you know, I'm expected to like, ugh, my uncles, my uncles. Um, Ooh, do not get us started on uncles. Like I'm expected to, when someone's home, like, serve them a plate like i should already like girl oh. why haven't you offered them a water they've been here like two yes, seconds offering a water but, excuse me <laughs> and so there's different expectations but i do feel kind of bad because um my brother has to bear that weight and yeah. then i have to bear a different one and so i feel like we view like especially if you have siblings like there's like that difference where um you kind of feel a little resentful. I'm sure, like, eventually as you grow up, you're going to lose that resentment and realize, you know, oh, wait, this shouldn't have been placed on any of us. But um, you do kind of feel, like, resentful, like, towards your siblings because they're like, oh, why didn't they do this? Or why mm -hmm. do I have to do this? Yeah. Are any of you guys' siblings way more Americanized than you? Because my brother, he... Um, so I was a child that was born when my family hit, like, the 2008-2009 like depression like that hit us hard so I was born during that but then my brother once we kind of got back on our feet he was born then so he's lived this super Americanized life he can go out and play in like the neighborhoods I was never allowed to because we could live kind of in the, the ghetto and <laughs> before we moved over here and yeah it's just been completely different yeah, like Wait. one one of my siblings is so much more Americanized than I am, and I just got like the brunt of all the struggle. Like I need to, whenever there's something to be moved, I'm the one who does it because my sister can't, and my brother's too young, and then I have to cook all the time. So like, mm -hmm. somehow I bear the machismo as well. It's interesting. It's very um, interesting. I, I would say that I'm the most Americanized of my siblings, um, but I, I don't see it that way. Um, the way I see it, I just did what I wanted. And my parents kept thinking that it's because I've got American friends. Now you're becoming more Americanized. But what does that mean? Like, like for example, shaving my head or getting piercings, getting tattoos. My, my parents thought that I was being influenced by my friends. But my friends would come over and I'm the only one that's tatted up and has piercings, you know. And so. Um, you're the influence. Yeah. And then I'm the only artist in the family. I'm the only one that pursued it. Um, I'm not sure why I am the way that I am. I, get, I did get dropped, in the, uh, dropped on my head when I was younger. Because, <laughs> you know, like, there's stories of like, people that get into a car accident or get like, hit by lightning, and then all of a sudden they become like a math genius, right? Or like mm -hmm. some sort of artistic yeah. savant. You know, like, I think maybe that head trauma <laughs> at age two hit, you know, like, un un you. unlock some gene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unlock some creative gene. Because my, my brother and sister, like, they're not creative people. They're more like type A type people. And my cousins, same thing. They all pursued like finance and you know good asian son type of stuff you know or so raising daughters the yeah but i don't see it that way because yeah. like because when you like if you ask me or there's a question that i heard somewhere where they asked um an american like an asian american person like how how asian do you feel how american yeah. do you feel when i really dissected it like 
if I were to be thrown in Vietnam and like expected to live their lifestyle, I, I don't think I would fit in. And in America, I never felt like I fully fit in either. But um, I kind of like that because being an Asian American and being the child of immigrants, I feel like I was forced to like dissect my, my identity more. You know, like imagine someone who's um, born in America, you know, and the family has lived, lived here for generations. They probably don't have to think about their identity too much. But for me, yeah. like I thought like, am I Asian? Am I not Asian enough? Am I too Americanized? Am I not, you know, like, and so it really kind of forces you to really identify your personality or like, who you are and, and, and change it too. Yeah. Or change it too. Exactly. And so, mm -hmm. so I feel like that's a blessing. And then that kind of makes me, um, like brings the point of like, um, <clears throat> when I was younger, I felt a little jealous and envious of my, of my friends. Like my Mormon best friend in high school lived in the same neighborhood. So I'd go to his house after school sometimes and like, his parents would give him a hug and a kiss. Wait, when, when came they home. came home from school? Yeah, like, hi, Joseph. Like, like you know, pat, you know, pet his head and stuff like that. And, like, I felt like, why doesn't mom and dad ever give me a hug? And you know, But then as I got older, like, I kind of feel like the tough love that I, I, I received growing up has made me who I am. So I don't regret any of that. And I feel like it's made me a strong person in other ways, too, you know. And so um, – when I was younger, I, I, I was envious. Like, I did want a more of that typical sitcom family where, like, everyone's super happy affectionate and, nice, and yeah. happy and, yeah, yeah. But Knows who they are and yeah. knows who their family oh is. You know, but, like, identity. But, like, being forced to do chores and physical labor, shoveling snow and raking leaves at, you know, at super young ages, I feel like that's that instilled hard work and a good work ethic that I feel like a lot of my peers don't have, you know. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that, too, because, like, when I was in elementary school, like, I I distinctly remember wanting white parents. Like, I literally was, like, I – because, like, all my teachers, like, in my elementary school, like, they were, they were white, right? And then, like, one time, like, I don't know what happened, but I was crying. And then my teacher was, like, like kind of, like, hugging me, like, you know. And I was, like – it was – it was, like, what? Like – I don't this is love? This. this is what love is? Right. And I was like, I don't receive this from my parents. Yeah. And I felt like so calm and at peace and like loved. And I was so like shocked by that. And I was like, I wish my parents were like white parents instead. Because then I would like be able to not have to carry all these sort of burdens. And I would receive the love that I am looking for. But, you know... Now that I'm, like, a lot older, like, I realized that my parents show their love a lot differently. Right. And on top of that, like, I have to also understand that, like, my parents, like, they never received, like, any, <laughs> any sort of love from their parents. Yep, yep. So that's why they're like that with me as well, you know. And my dad, like, he, he tries. He says that he tries. And, like, I know that he wants to try to show more of his uh, physical love. But, um he has a hard time with that himself. So, you know, I don't try to be too like pushing. Yeah. Or be resenting them for that. But when it comes to like my own personal life and when it comes to love, like it, like the thought of like being like holding hands with someone like that scares me. I'm like, that is too much, you know? <laughs> and even then like, there's something like, I don't understand when friends are like really close with one another where they're like hugging each other. I'm like, Ew, gross. I can't, right? And even, like, sometimes I have people, like, kind of just hug me from, like, randomly. I'm just, like... I'm spooked. I'm spooked. Yeah. I'm, like, can you not? Like, I actually don't feel comfortable with that because of the fact that, like, I never really have received that sort that. of, like, physical I feel love. you. Yeah, like, so, you know, there's people that, that say they're huggers. And so <clears throat> being raised in the family that I was raised in, we never hugged. But now that I'm an adult, like, I force myself to hug my friends, you know, to, to physically embrace them. Um, but it's a conscious choice. Like normally I would just give a fist bump or a handshake, but I go in for the hug every time. And, and I try to give a sincere hug too. Sometimes, you know, like a hug can be very empty. Like, yeah. You know, just like, yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> a casual, like pat, you know, the one that where you pat someone on the back while you're hugging. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The awkward one where you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like, um, for me, I feel like that's, that's a love language thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like your parents, they never received most more than likely. Yeah. Just like with, with my parents, never received, that you know, yeah, acts, or what's it called, um, words of affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. They probably never got that. They probably never got physical touch, right? So, mm -hmm. 
It's They're, only acts of service, really. Yeah, acts of, exactly. Yeah. Acts of service. Shout out to the fruit platter. <laughs> and I've, I've, I think like I, I can relate to that once again with my dad. But my mom has, uh, I think, taken her experience and her lack of affection and her lack of attention from her parents, because she was like she raised my um, uncles and her and my aunts. Oh, and um, so she's become expressive um like at least physically especially when we were younger she stayed home like in the traditional sense where um she raised us and then uh, once we needed money um she went back to work but um she was very much a, a effect uh is it effective a, a preach how do you say it affectionate affectionate <laughs> and and caring and stuff so i i've like been fortunate enough to experience like what it should be like and she has her flaws and you know her ways that she could be better but don't we all diana real quick how, how old was your dad how old is my dad yeah um he's like in his 40s okay so i got some good news for you my, my dad was the same way like never showed affection never you know say anything positive but since he's been retired like for five years now I think all that time to himself, he's, he's able to like reflect more. And so yeah. I do see him trying to reach out more and be more affectionate and be more supportive, you know, but, um, so it's a good thing, you know, I had, so yeah. for your case, another 25 years, and then if I could bring back a topic that we were talking about, um, sure. Uh, if I could bring back a topic we were talking about. The idea of proving yourself enough of like Hispanic or Asian, I think is a very American concept because like I never ha was like questioning of whether I was Mexican enough until I started going to a school where I had more like American yes. people attending. Mm -hmm. I agree. Oh, do you oh, want no, yeah, like oh yeah no uh for me at least right i feel like I, I i don't think i really questioned my identity up until now mm -hmm. um in middle school i was just like i'm just me i'm just here yeah. but i didn't really question or ask myself like am i a mexican or am yeah. i american like i was just like i am just here i am just living um but yeah, I definitely say that like I feel like our school is like a little bit. I mean, it's pretty diverse ish, but you know. Yeah. And so because of that, I just kind of come to like question my identity a lot more. I think that also has to do with like the teenage experience, yeah. like when you start mm -hmm. forming a self identity and stuff. And Ooh, I'm gonna be honest right now. I'm so much more white than I am Mexican. Like sister, yeah. like because my I told you that my mom, my mom's white. I don't know if I said that my mom yeah, and my dad are together. My dad's Mexican, my mom's white, and I live with my mom. Okay. So I kind of got like, oh, yeah. And I'll go over to my dad for like certain trips, and so like, like I used to do that a lot more, and so I kind of have some of that side. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just, like, I just have, I just have the skin color. <laughs> like that's literally all <laughs> yeah, I have right now. Color. I just have the skin color, and it's so weird going to a school with like a lot of like Hispanics. Eighty percent. Eighty percent, yeah. And so I don't really quite fit in that much here, because like, like all. Like hang out with Hispanics, and they always ask me like, "Oh, you don't speak Spanish?" I'm like, "No, no, I don't speak Spanish." Because like, no one taught me growing up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, my mom doesn't speak Spanish. My dad doesn't even speak Spanish, to be honest, which was kind of weird too. But <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, and I think that's I think that's okay because that like that brings the topic that I was gonna ask Mr. Lou like the generational divide, um, Mr. Lopez, uh, the generational divide. Like, I think first generation um you know we've had the privilege of being exposed directly to the culture we're a part of but it's still an effort like because you can lose your culture you being mexican as an identity is about like actively searching and putting effort in to learn about your culture because the mexico my mom grew up in and my dad grew up in is a is not the mexico mexico is today so um i think like if you're interested like you can definitely become more Mexican because it's not something that anyone should be denied to like get to know their culture. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. definitely hard to not know Spanish. Yeah, that's yeah. the worst part. That's like probably like the biggest divide. And so. speaking Spanish doesn't make you Mexican because Mexico, that Spanish is a language from Spain, mm -hmm. but um, colonization. yeah, colonization. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely does help. 
being able to speak Spanish. There's like 48 recognized languages in Mexico, and a lot of them are indigenous languages. Like, there's so I many. It was 68. Or 68. There's there's a huge amount of um, recognized languages in Mexico, and. When it comes to racial identity, I used to think about that a lot because I was like, I grew up in a 100% Hispanic um, elementary and like almost 100% middle school. Yeah, like, like there were the racial divide of my fifth grade class, like graduating class picture is that there were, um, there was one white kid, um, two African-American kids, no Asians, everyone else was Mexican. Like everyone else, you could you could count on one hand the amount of non-Mexicans. And it was just, it's really weird because people did have those hierarchies. Like there were um, people who spoke Spanish, people who were born in Mexico, people whose first language was um, Spanish. And then there was like me like, oh, I never really knew Spanish because my parents never spoke it growing up because they like to keep secrets from me. So they spoke (laughs) in Spanish when they wanted to talk without me knowing. Um, and yeah, I, I questioned a lot about myself because I was like, who am I really Mexican? Because I can't speak Spanish. I was never involved with a culture. My parents aren't like going to dances all the time. They're Mm -hmm. not participating in traditional Mexican culture all the time. So I was like, who am I? And it was like a really big insecurity point for me for a long time, because even when you look at me, I'm racially ambiguous. Most people think I'm Indian because I have, um, a mole on my forehead. And it's is that a no people thing? come up to me and they're like, "Are you Indian?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not, not oh. even a little bit." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've it's just like racial ambiguity, uh, ambiguity, racial ambiguity, and like feeling insecure of not being Mexican enough was a big part of my life, especially during COVID times. Yeah. And going back to like the whole how first gen has like that more direct. Mm-hmm. sort of like connection. connection like i'm i'm like grateful to have that sort of connection right um because like my parents like they get invited to all the parties of the pueblo so but i, I mean i like them because like i don't like there's people you don't really know but you know them just because they have that uh-huh, connection. connection and you're like oh like you ask them like oh if they're that certain last name I'm like oh are they like um who's their mom like yeah <laughs> yeah like oh and like casa like Bernabe uh-huh. or something, right? Um, and so for me, it's like I have that sort of connection. So like I get to know like the people mm-hmm. just in general, like from it's my parents, like Puebla and stuff. Um, but also because like c- cultural like traditions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you about this, right? Yeah. So for me, so my parents are from Michoacan, right? And so Michoacan, like the. I don't know, because, like, okay, so we have our cultural, like, our, like, one specific tradition, and it's called, like, the dance, like, the old man. Like, the ones with the sticks and the Yeah, masks. I don't know if you guys seen it, but, like, it has, like, its connections to, like, um, indigenous, like, roots, roots um, specifically the Purepecha, right? And so, to me, that, like, I, I didn't know any anything about the history of that. Like, when I was little, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. It's just, like, some, like, <laughs> mask man, of an old some- man. But, you know, like, the connection it has, like, during, like, colonization and all that, like, that dance was used as a way to, like, kind of fight. fight back, yeah. sort of, against, like, colonization. The mask that you uh, you wear is of this, old, like, old white man, right? Kind of like in a mocker, like a mockery. mockery, you know? And so, like, we have, like, like every single week or every single, like, first month of the something. Uh, sometimes yeah <laughs> sometimes Regular. we have like parties every like saturday or so it's just kind of like and then we have like the super huge one in january you know yeah and so those sort of like traditions like i really like value those and i'm like glad i have that sort of like connection, connection. to mm-hmm. that you know and i sometimes think about like when i get older like will my children be able right. to like carry on these traditions and i'm not sure yeah right? Because, like, it's, like, you're letting go a part of, like, that feels so much like you. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's the question for me. Like, am I going to stay here or am I going to go back? Like, my parents left for me to never go back. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to lose that part of Do you me. want your kids mm-hmm. to continue that? Like, Yeah, on. because I find it to be very meaningful. It's a mm-hmm. part of, like, something that's kind of been passed on for literally, like, years. Hundreds of years, years. thousands. And it's like, I don't want to, like, lose that sort of thing, you know? 
are, are you guys born in America? Or were you guys born in America? Yeah. yeah. You guys? Um, so was I. But... <laughs> story, bro. Uh, so so I've, I've often wondered, like, uh, what would I have looked like if I was, like, born and raised in Vietnam? Yeah. Because when I go back there, I'm, like, a giant compared... Like, my bone structure is way different. Like, just wide, bigger, more, you know, more more muscle mass. I'm taller. My skin's way paler. You're an alpha male over there? No, but it's because I feel like when I was growing up, I was drinking, like, or drinking and eating American food, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel when I go back there, I stand out like a sore thumb. I do not blend in whatsoever. Even if I wore the local clothing, Uh I don't look like, you know, a local. Mm -hmm. If you guys were to wear, like, the traditional clothing of of your home country, like, would you be yeah. able to blend in, or would they be like, "Oh, that's someone that's born in America, born and raised in America"? That's a good question. That's a, yeah. Like my mom, for example, my mom and my brother, um, they're they're whiter than me, but um, I look more like my dad. But my mom is actually like she pre- looks more um, kind of like tan because she spent her days in the sun over there, and you know right. she she drank. She drank the fluoride water, <laughs> and um, wait, but I mean, I mean that's just skin color, though, right? But, yeah. But I. I think like physical. Pardon my 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 um, ignorance here, but yeah. isn't like Mexico very ethnically diverse? Yes. Look, look at us right very here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so if you guys were to wear like you know the local clothing, the local fashion, would you still stand out, or would people think, oh, just just a local person? Mm-hmm. I don't know, cause like there's it depends on where you there's go. There's different traditional um, clothing. clothing. Like, I think it's like, more so the like fashion of today. Like your home, yeah, yeah. Like your hometown would... wearing the wearing what the kids your age wear over there. Would you, oh, they wear would you blend our in? clothes. Oh, yeah. do they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, in Vietnam, fashion so, is way different. Dude. Honestly, yeah. the fashion in Mexico. I I went there like three Aero months ago. Shirts. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the um arrow shirts, but it's also just a lot brighter colors. It's like they don't do neutrals over there. From like the families here in America, mm-hmm. a lot like of the clothes. clothes. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So, so like, so, so like hairstyles the same too. Yeah. yeah. Jewelry. No, there's a lot more braids over there. Oh yeah. Yeah, because like in Vietnam, in, hairstyles are way different than like, American yeah. hairstyles. Yeah, there's a ton wear braids. Yeah. No, we. So my know, mom, she would like, always get mad at me when. I, oh, sorry. Oh, she no, would, you're fine. She would always get mad at me when I was younger for having my hair down like this. Like I was not allowed to have my hair down whatsoever. There always has to be something done with it. And whenever I go back to Mexico, all the girls like usually I see their hair either has like a ribbon in it, in it or there's something done with it. Mm, have no. you guys never seen that? No. Nope. Yeah. I personally haven't because like the girls that because like I went to Mexico like a few years back, mm. right? But the girls are just. They're just wearing their hair normal, like I this, or like in the ponytail. Just... Yeah, there's a lot. Like if you're actually from Mexico, you try to uh, distance yourself. Well, it depends. Like mm-hmm. I said, like it's very different regionally. Even in like states, it's so different. Um, like you try to distance yourself from indigenous, indigenous. culture. It's very much still stuck in the mm-hmm. uh, casta system, mm-hmm. and so like I'd say there's. Like, if, if we're talking about, like, traditional dances, like, there are exceptions. Like, um, El 12 de Diciembre, which is, like, the Virgin Mary um, holiday, it's very much you embrace indigenous culture. Even though, you know, like, every it's a little problematic in certain ways, but um, it's very much a day to embrace your indigenous culture. So if you're talking about, like, traditional dress in indigenous culture, mm-hmm. um, I'd say... I mean, I mean, not... not, not- in that sense, I'm just talking about like locally, like. Oh yeah, locally they they try to. It's very much Americanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it okay? Because but like, what you wear for like a party and stuff, it's different. Yeah. Like. Oh, I see. Like I see. you know, you go with the classic, like kind of Western, like not the not boots. like Western, but like the boots, the, the original, the, the, the real cowboy. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it here at VT. Yeah, yeah. and but, I'm just like. Oh, okay, so so like in Asian American culture, we have a a distinction between Asians from Asia. Right, that come to America, we'll use the word fob. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what that word means? No. no. Fresh off the boat. Oh. <laughs> and no. so, like, I feel my my understanding from you know my friends and cousins, we can discern an Asian Asian that's just visiting America versus an Asian American based yeah. on even how they walk, Bison. no makeup style, Bison. You know, like. Yeah, for me, because, like, when I went to Mexico, like, they can easily tell, like, they, they can, like, tell. They can yeah. tell. What is it then? Like, like, it's what? like how you say your Spanish, because our Spanish words. is a little oh, bit more... If, if you can say anything. 
No, it's just like just kind of how you look, especially if you're clothing. Like they see you're wearing something a little bit nicer, they're like, "Y'all said that you got they wear the exact same thing that you guys wear." But like, no, so there's there's something then. It's how they wear it. There's a difference. Like over there, like uh, more trendier clothes is like more expensive. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're wearing clothes that is like, it's not like way back to day like in the 2000s like mm-hmm. it's more like 2015 2018 like they're a few years behind but um like if you have like the real nice like wide that, jeans uh-huh. and like a nice cute crop top like you can tell that was like that that's your nice clothes yeah. you know and or you wear that like to church or something brand clothing like it's like oh did you see that she had yeah. the tommy shirt over there mm-hmm. like <laughs> you see i went to the city that's why it might be different but like all i saw was way more colors and they were still on trend with us like completely yeah because it's very different because Mexico is a modern country, Mr. Lou. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, because in Vietnam, it's so different. Like, yeah. you, can, you can definitely tell when a Vietnamese person from Vietnam, that's my age, is just visiting. Their fashion sense is just way different. different. Yeah, oh, their yeah. hairstyle, oh, yeah. how, they, how they even carry themselves, how, like, how they stand and walk. I feel like I can even see that, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think that also has to do with, like, the fact that I, like, this is a really dive, uh, uh, divisive divisive Mm -hmm. topic in like Chicano studies where Mm -hmm. Mexico has kind of been colonized twice but not only by Spain but also by America Mm -hmm. because Americanism they're right next to uh, the US like it's very much Americanism like uh, (laughs) I got scammed when I was in Mexico (laughs) this summer Um, actually no I just didn't know what to say to her she there was this uh, there's this thing called Tianguis and um basically like vendors will line up on monday on the streets and uh this lady charged me uh 200 200 pesos for shorts because they were american brands oh and that's not it's not bad for there yeah i could have gotten those for 150 like Mm -hmm. calm yourself but there's that thing where like america is better american Mm -hmm. brand is better american style is better they also want american girls more that's true yeah yeah mexican men they're like they're like oh you're american let me let me let me snuggle up that might be the that might be the papers though that might be the papers that might be the papers oh also (laughs) one quick thing i want to say is that um a bunch of mexican media it shows a lot paler um people because they want to look more European. Same in Asian. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think that's, that's, that's the majority the of, yeah, that's the general. Like Lighter skin is quote unquote prettier, yeah. right? Yeah. Real quick, uh, you were saying that people can spot you out based on your Spanish. Mm-hmm. Can you emulate like Mexican, like local Spanish? Because mm-hmm. like, like Vietnamese, like, like people who speak Vietnamese in Vietnam, like if I were to try to copy it, I sound very, like I would feel very silly uh-huh. because like it's so much more exaggerated than the way it's I speak it. No, on top of that, it's like there's no slang. And I'm like, there's like the, yeah, like the, the newer slang. Like, I know. I'm like, what the heck is I this slang? I have no idea. Like my mom, so. she doesn't speak. She she doesn't use slang. Period. So whatever I have does. is like really <laughs> old slang, and we sound like old ladies. We're like, for real. It's kind of like if we were saying, um, oh, what's hip, guys? Yeah, or, literally. That's so. Yeah. But, um, Talking in 60 Spanish helps, over here. It helps. My cousin uh, is a language uh, student in Mexico, in Monterrey. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we do an exchange. He gets to learn the English slang. I get to learn the Spanish slang. So. There is one that I'm like, Simon. Simon. Oh, I don't I understand that one. I'm like, like, oh, Simon. Simon. But I'm like, what? I thought you were saying like someone's name. No, I'm like, you're like, like Simon. But I was like, oh, because I don't feel his name is Simon. So I was like, oh, <laughs> they're missing a name. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, okay. Bye-bye, Levi. Get <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, Okay. Right. So actually, this is a pretty good point to wrap it up. Um. Thank you for listening to our podcast and uh, just some goodbyes from everyone. If you guys have any uh, questions or you want advice, we love taking them in. So please send us, uh, you know what, we'll make some like sort of anonymous advice box somewhere so students can just Mm -hmm. submit questions. You can do like a Google form, just not take their thing. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So we'll get it up somewhere, guys. But thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. First episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first? Or this the is the first official one. Oh, okay. Like, the first okay. one was a test one, but yeah. yeah. This is our first episode. Yeah. I hope right. you guys enjoyed it. We love feedback. Let us know. Yeah. Peace. Right. Thank you. Love Bye. you. Yep. Bye. 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 Bye.